We will be in Psalm 119 again this morning. We'll be in the 10th stanza, verses 73 through 80. I hope you're enjoying this. I know I am. Uh, It's been a blessing uh, for me uh, to study these things and look at some of the things. I honestly, I I think I've gotten more from this psalm than ever before. Um, Sometimes I think out of trying to get through all 176 verses, maybe I have hastened through the reading of it. Um, But uh, it's been good to spend some time here. Psalm 119, let's read verses 73 down through verse 80, and then we'll look at, we're going to talk about comforted steps. If you've been paying attention, a couple weeks ago we talked about directed steps, last week was afflicted steps, and then this week we'll uh, try to draw into that a little bit with, I don't really have a theme necessarily, but it kind of worked out with, with the text here, but comforted steps. But verse 73 says this, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou, <clears throat> excuse me, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Lest I, or let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for me my be for my comfort, according to thy word, unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies, let my heart uh, be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed." Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to gather together uh, with the people of God this morning. And Lord, we do ask that you would meet with us, Lord, that you'd be with each Sunday school class, that you bless the teachers, fill with your spirit. And I pray that each one would be attentive. And Lord, that you'd do a work in our hearts. And Father, we do pray for Ezra, uh, the young one that's having some sleeping issues. And we pray, Lord, for your intervention. Lord, you know exactly what's going on there. And we just pray that you'd give wisdom, direction, bless that family as they go through those challenging times. And we just pray, Lord, that you would bring uh, resolution to that. And Lord, for Brother Sullivan, as he continues uh, to seek your wisdom and guidance about job opportunities, we pray, Lord, that you just give him peace and direction. And Father, we do thank you, Lord, for Jenny being able to be here, Lord, and how you've strengthened her. Pray that you just continue to bless. And Lord, even for those that we know there are folks that desire to be here but can't, we just pray for your blessing upon them. And Lord, that you'd encourage them and strengthen them. And Father, we do uh, thank you, Lord, for the answer to prayer with my situation. Uh, Lord, so thankful for that. And Lord, we do uh, pray, Lord, for the Fogner family. Lord, they have a loved one that's passed. And Lord, we just pray that you'd give peace and grace and Lord, comfort. And I pray that those would be drawn near to you through this. And also for uh, the Palmers, Lord, as they have uh, Janet that's going into hospice care, Lord. And we know uh, time is drawing near. Lord, for her passing, we just ask that you'd be with these families, Lord, and give them grace and peace. Lord, comfort them. We pray that you would be uplifted in all of it and that folks would be drawn near to you through it. And now we pray for your blessing on this lesson. Do work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, we've obviously been in, in Psalm 119 for a while now, and, and we've looked at a lot of things concerning the Word of God and, and what it does for us. We, As I mentioned earlier, it, 
It, uh, we can use the Word of God to direct our steps. We can use the Word of God to uh, <clears throat> understand that sometimes our steps are afflicted. And, and really what I wanted you to draw out of that last week was is God is working in those circumstances. And if we would just allow God to work and, and trust God through that, He's going to do something special. And then today we're going to look kind of about how the Word of God can comfort us and maybe comfort our steps a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> Listen, there's people in this room this morning that are going through trials. Uh, we had a couple prayer requests. And, and no doubt there's other trials that no one else is aware of in this room other than the people that are going through those. And, and I know you've heard the saying that uh, if you're not going through a trial, just wait a little while. And there's one on its way. Uh, that's kind of how life works. And uh, there's always something, it seems like, to uh, something taking place in our lives. And we need to understand that God uses those things. And uh, I think that will give us a better perspective as we talked about last week. And, and listen, it's normal for believers' faith to be tested. That's normal. First um, <clears throat> Peter 4, verses 12 through 13 says this, Beloved... Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Look what it says in verse 13, but rejoice. I don't think this is strange, but rejoice. And, and uh, it says, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. And so we ought to rejoice in our trials. Uh, and that can be hard at times, especially when you're in the midst of those things. Uh, but God can comfort us through those. And I don't no doubt uh, with the years of experience in our room this morning, you guys have experienced God's comfort at times and God's blessing. But listen, the reality is we're human and sometimes we uh, don't respond necessarily uh, in the right way. And we get in the flesh perhaps or we just aren't thinking about it spiritually, and we don't always respond to trials appropriately. Um, and we forget that God can comfort us in those things, and we forget that God is actually working in us through those things. Uh, we don't want to lose sight of that. And, and uh, <clears throat> He comforts us, not just to console us during trials, but to teach us and to prepare us to be able to minister and comfort to others. Um, I think that's oftentimes one of the things that we neglect to capitalize on when we face the trial. And we go through something and we, we neglect to share our experiences and, and testify of what God's done for us in these trials so that we can be an encouragement to the brethren, to an encouragement to other Christians. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.4, actually, you know what, I, I didn't put it here, but we should, just for the sake of context, let's look at verse 3 as well. Uh, sec, or 1 Corinthians, excuse me. Sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. I'll try to get things in order here in a minute. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And look what it says, and the God of all comfort. And then verse 14, or verse 4, excuse me, who comforteth, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And so when we've experienced the comforting of God in our lives, uh, one of the things that we ought to be doing is being an encouragement to other people that are going through their own trials. 
Uh, maybe they're going through something similar. Uh, maybe they're going through something different, but you can still share your experience about how regardless of how dim it appeared, God was there. Uh, no matter how difficult it was. And so uh, <clears throat> we need to be doing that. God plans to console and to comfort us. It's part of his plan. Um, we will face things. We understand that. And, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at a few things this morning here. Uh, just a number of thoughts. And, and the first one here is, is the source of comfort. Look at verse 73 and 74. If you would, it says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. And God and his word is the source of all comfort. Uh, for those that have placed their, their faith in him. Uh, he's the, he is the source and his word is where we find it all. And in this verse we see that we're his workmanship, if you will. We're created by the hands of God. He fashioned us, the psalmist says. He fashioned me. Uh, the psalmist knew that he was not a product of blind forces of nature. Uh, he wasn't some uh, evolution. He did not evolve uh, to the person he was, but he was fashioned by the very hands of God. And uh, we, I think we would do well to remember that because that's comforting in and of itself. Just understanding that you're not some accident. You're not a mistake. It was God that took the time, that thought of you, and fashioned you. Uh, and, and God doesn't do anything for, on accident. He does everything on purpose. Uh, but and I, who else could we go to as a better comfort than the Creator? I can't think of anything. Uh, oftentimes I go to my wife sometimes when I'm feeling low. I want some encouragement. Uh, sometimes she gives me a punch in the gut and says, hey, you're the man. Why don't you just deal with it? And, and I, but I need that. Um, but where else can we go but to God for comfort? As the creator, the one that fashioned us. And I can't help but think of a mother and her, and her child. Uh, we had three kids. Well, we still have three kids, I guess. Uh, uh, they don't look like kids much anymore. Uh, everybody has to point out that they're all taller than me. Uh, every time we haven't seen anybody, for, we went somewhere yesterday, and somebody we hadn't seen for, uh, I don't know, a year or two, and they're like, boy, your kids have really grown. Thanks. You know, then look at you. How'd they get so tall? I don't know. But so anyway, I, I have three boys. You all know that, I believe, and and so, but as young children, dad wasn't a lot of comfort. And it's not because I didn't want to be, and I didn't try to be, but there is nothing like the ability of a mother to comfort their child. It's amazing to see a mom with her child and, and just how she can wrap her arms around that, that little one and, and they just feel so secure and safe and comforted. Uh, and I believe we ought to remind ourselves that that's our God. He's our creator. He fashioned us. And he has an ability like no other to comfort us. Uh, but oftentimes we neglect to turn to him. And, uh, and so God, he never does anything uh, without a purpose or a reason. 
Uh, the psalmist, he acknowledges this and prays for God to give him understanding that he might learn the commandments of God. It says that in the, the latter part of verse 73. It says, give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. And so he's like, God, you've, you have a reason and a purpose for everything you've done. I just want to understand it. And when you're going through it, when you have challenges, uh, or maybe when things are going good, you just we need to understand what God's doing sometimes. And we need to pray and ask God, give me understanding that I may learn. Lord, you've fashioned this whole thing. You've put all this in motion. You're the creator. I don't understand it all. I need you to show me. Help me with that. And, and uh, this is our purpose, really. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. If you don't understand them, how can you keep them? And so we need to, we need to be uh, seeking God's direction to help us, give, to give us understanding of his commandments. And that's our whole duty, the, uh, the, <clears throat> the preacher there, Ecclesiastes says. And, and listen, and this is where I kind of alluded to in the beginning, others will be comforted by us. Um, and and we'll, this will kind of be the theme throughout this lesson. But um, look at verse 74. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. And that was an interesting thought when I saw they will be glad when they see me. And uh, <clears throat> listen, number one, before we get into that, is that true of us? When people see us, uh, are they glad? <laughs> well, it, it, they that fear thee, and of course we know that, that we could apply that to the believers, when they, well, those that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Uh, is our testimony such that we are a comfort and encouragement to other believers? Um, I'll try to be careful here, but uh, I, I have social media and I, I friended a page recently and uh, it, it, it's, I think, I can't remember the name of it for sure, but it's something about Reformed Fundamentalist or something like that. And uh, I couldn't believe how negative all these people are. And they, they were all, for whatever reason, they feel like they've been done wrong by people. And um, <clears throat> the reality is their walk with God is theirs and theirs alone. But everybody likes to, anyway. Um, but I couldn't help but, like, I got, I'm going to leave this group because they're just so negative. And, and they want to be anti-everything God almost because they've been hurt by people that proclaim God. And I, but I can't help but think is, uh, are we in a comfort and encouragement when other people see us? Or is it this negative guy or, or gal that's always just got something uh, to be angered about, frustrated about? And uh, I want you to understand, that is part of God's plan for us. That when they see us, they could be glad. Christians ought to bring comfort and encouragement with their presence. Uh, not disgruntled and frustration. Um, and, and so, listen, part of that's who we hang out with. And we can all find something to be frustrated and angry about. Um, we, we can choose to be that way if we want to be. But we need to be careful. Uh, listen, do they look at our walk with God and find gladness? Can they see that in your life and, and find gladness? The idea in the word glad there, I, I looked this up and, 
And it, it, when it, others observe your walk or my walk with God, they are encouraged by our testimony. That word glad means to cheer up or to brighten up. And so when they see them, it says, they that fear thee will be glad when they see me. And look what it says, because I have hoped in thy word. Listen, they have seen somebody that has lived the word of God and has lived a life that demonstrates God's word and it brings gladness. It cheers them up. They can see somebody that's been comforted and encouraged and strengthened by God in his word. Um. Are those the feelings that enter people's hearts when you walk in the room? Or is it feelings of fear and of, oh, it's going to be a bad day. We got this person here today. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm not perfect. And uh, we did a, uh, we had a meeting with a bunch of senior NCOs in the ops flight. And, and uh, we were doing it, it's called forced distribution and it's, uh, the rate, EPR ratings every year are given out to folks. And then here uh, a few years ago, maybe about five years ago, you can get advanced promotion statements. So there's just down the middle is promote. And then you have a must promote and a promote now. And then on the far left, there's not ready and then do not promote. So there's five categories. <clears throat> the far left rarely is used except for those exceptionally uh, lazy folks or something like that, folks that have... Uh, different issues going on, but so the typical thing, people get promote, right? And, yeah, this guy's doing a good job, but there's a quota for the people that can get the advanced ones. And uh, so um, we were in this discussion, and I, I, I don't know why I'm even going through all this. But I fundamentally believe the Air Force is promoting the wrong people. I believe that with all my heart. Fundamentally, the process in the last five years has been messed up, and does that mean everybody that's promoted is wrong? No, not necessarily. But I believe statistically, more often than not, they're promoting people that aren't necessarily ready or the right people, right? So here we are in this discussion, and, and the Air Force is saying, we got to use this, this promotion process the best way we can. And so I got very passionate at one point because there was a person that had been in for, uh, I think, about five or six years and just not able to get promoted, and he is the hardest working person that we have, one of them. I mean, we have 185 folks in our flight, and I think there's 65 of those that are senior airmen and below. And so in that category, he is definitely the top 10%. Absolute multiple deployments, everything that you need a warfighter to do, that's this person. And then we have this other guy, first time eligible to promote, spot-free record, right? You know, he hasn't had time to do anything wrong, right? So my opinion is this person needs it. Well, he has a markdown on his EPR two years ago, and I don't know if that's sustained superior performance. I said, listen, when war kicks off, I'm not calling this guy. I'm taking this guy. And the AFI says the best person for the job is who's supposed to get promoted. This is the person. And I got very passionate. I raised my voice, and I had to calm down. Um, and I'm saying all that to say this is when we're the person in that room, what kind of attitude... Do we portray and what kind of uh, feelings do people get around us? I had to apologize to them because I got very passionate. Because somebody made a comment and it just threw me off the top. I was like, I don't care if that guy's, he's been in the Air Force six months. You want him to be a leader? Anyway, but 
Listen, they that fear thee will be glad when they see thee. When people see you, do they see that God has worked in your life? And do they see that you have hoped in the word of God and you lived the word of God and that finds, they can find comfort in that? They can be cheered up or brightened up because of your presence? That's a challenge to our hearts. It ought to be anyway. Because <clears throat> I'm afraid in, in our circle sometimes people are just ready to be cantankerous, uh, ready to find fault and ready to, to, to stir things up or controversy. And uh, listen, we need comfort. We definitely need comfort. Look at verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. <clears throat> Excuse me, are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Boy, when you're afflicted, you need some comfort sometimes, right? Verse 76, let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. And there will be times in life that we will need comfort. The psalmist acknowledged that God allowed affliction in his life. And I want you to notice here in, the, in this passage, he did not request that the affliction would be removed. He said, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. In faithfulness he was afflicted. Let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. He didn't ask for it to be removed. He just asked for God's mercy and his love to comfort him through those circumstances. Uh, we will need comfort. Um, I don't care how hard of a person you are. You're going to need some comfort at some point. And, and I don't know if you guys have ever met Jay Spafford. Probably not. He's a man uh, that I knew in the church we grew up in. He's a, uh, I didn't know him while he was in the military. He was in the Air Force for a number of years, but um, he's over six foot tall. He's muscular, kind of a bodybuilder build and um, bald head and a big beard. He just looks like a man's man. And uh, there was a man in our church that was in the Air Force at the same time as him. And he remembers sitting in that car. They were, I think they, they both were aircraft maintenance, working on B-52s there at Fairchild at the time. And and the one man remembers distinctly being convicted about sharing the gospel with this person. And he was just not wanting to give in to the Holy Spirit. Just, oh, man, this is Jay Spafford. This, this guy's hard. He's, and this was before he had his beard. And, uh, but he was, he was a superior, and, and he was like, I just don't know about this. And, and Jay was going through some things in his life at that point. He had some trials. He was being afflicted. And there, were they, there they were on the flight line at Fairchild Air Force Base. And I believe this was the late 90s. And the one man is struggling with, oh, I don't think I can do this. I, Lord, I, I know you're convicting me to witness to this person, but I, I just can't do it. And Jay reaches into a bag and pulls out a Bible and says, you ever read this thing? God was bringing affliction in Jay's life to draw himself to him. God was working in his life. And I believe that perhaps even though this individual wasn't being as faithful as he ought to be to be a witness, I believe Jay saw something in this man's life that brought some encouragement 
that cheered him up, that, that comforted him, that he felt comfortable enough to say, man, I'm going through some stuff. I think I need God. And listen, we're going to face things. And when we face those things, it's a preparing us to share our experiences and comfort with other people. Uh, the, the end of that story is Jay turns to Christ. He receives him as Savior. He's faithfully serving in church today. God will use circumstances in other people's lives. And are we being the testimony we ought to be? And are we ready to share the gospel? Listen, there, without Christ, there will be no comfort for them. They don't have the Holy Spirit that they can come and bring them peace that passes all understanding outside of Christ, but we do. And so if our testimony and our attitude is not one that would indicate that we're even a Christian, boy, who are they going to turn to? We all have coworkers or, or family members, somebody that's going through something in their life. And we have the answer. Like the psalmist, that doesn't mean it's going to go away. But we can share the tender mercies of our God with him. Whether that's through salvation or otherwise, uh, he can meet their need. <clears throat> Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. There will be times of affliction. And we talked about that last week. Uh, the psalmist had said it was good uh, that he was afflicted. It was good. Uh, we don't always agree with that, but the truth is, if we would understand it the way that God is, is doing things, it is good for us. And uh, <clears throat> it's part of God's plan. Sometimes more often than we probably want to admit, the affliction is brought on because we've strayed. We kind of talked about that last week, and we were reminded of Hebrews 12, where we're chastened at times. Uh, and it does not seem joyous at those moments, but uh, in the end, it's, it uh, <clears throat> brings the fruit of righteousness in our life. But when we realize God is at work through the trials, listen this morning, we will also realize that we must look to Him for consolation and comfort. Sometimes people go through difficult times and they get angry at God. They turn from God because they don't understand God is doing it for their good. God has brought the affliction to draw them to himself. And they've done the opposite. They've turned. Uh, we need to be careful because we are, ourselves as, as believers, I would say, are prone to do that occasionally. Um, and, and we need to remind ourselves that the things that we're facing, God is allowing. Uh, and God is doing a work. And it says, let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. He said, God, i got to go through these things. It doesn't mean I enjoy it. But God, would you comfort me? Show me your mercies. Our God is so merciful. So kind. Even in the worst of circumstances, we can look and see God's mercy and kindness in our lives. Especially when you chalk it up to, I went astray. I brought this upon myself. And God is still merciful not to give up on us. Through all of life's circumstances, we ought to be seeking for what God has for us in his word. Look at what he said there. He says, according to thy word unto thy servant. 
the, the, the things that God allows in our lives ought to draw us to the word of God. Uh, whether it's good or bad. Uh, listen, sometimes people stray from God when things are going good. Uh, sometimes people stray from God when things get difficult. But in both situations or circumstances, we ought to be running to the word of God. Because that's the source of, of comfort and that's the source of direction in those things. And, and listen, the psalmist had a desire in this comfort. Look at this verses 77 and 78. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. <clears throat> Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. There are blessings that are available only to those who delight in the law of God. Uh, now, this does not mean they are not available to all, just that those who delight in the word can draw upon them. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying this morning. Only those that are in the Word of God and, and drawing from that well, if you will, can be refreshed. Uh, you have to turn to the Word of God. The comfort sought according to the, the Word will not come to those who neglect or reject His Word. So when you're struggling and you have challenges in life and you feel afflicted or you have trials... Where do you go turn? Where do you go? I think I've admitted this before. Sometimes I just shut down when I get stressed. I just, ah, I don't want to deal with anything. Um, that's not the right response. Uh, listen, I would submit to you that even in good times, but definitely in the bad times, we need to run to the Word of God. Because there's, there's just the wellspring of life and, and the blessings that we can receive and draw from out of the Word of God that aren't available anywhere else. It's the bread of life. And so we can't turn to anywhere but the word of God. And, and uh, there, here we see there's no comfort for the proud. And we might be able to make an example out of, of Luke chapter 16 uh, with uh, Lazarus or the beggar. There the beggar named Lazarus and the rich man. Uh, the rich man had no desire to seek after God and his word. Uh, consequently, when they both faced the same trial, death as it were in that example... Lazarus was comforted and the rich man found himself in torment. Because, and so uh, only certain things. Listen, look at the contrast here in verse 78. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Those that reject things of the things of God, the word of God, verse 78, the proud, um, they dealt perversely or wrongly with the psalmist here. But what did he do? He would focus attention on meditating in the Word of God. In the precepts of God's Word, he would meditate there in the Word of God. And the psalmist knew that God had allowed the affliction to come for his own good. Right? Listen, those proud had, had come against him. Uh, they had dealt perversely or wrongly with him. Uh, and it says without a cause, of no reason of his own. Uh, <clears throat> listen, when afflictions come, it will test and try our character. Where do you turn? Do you turn to the God's word? Do you begin meditating on the things of God? Listen, that's where we're going to find the answers. How to respond to individuals as necessary. How to deal with the circumstances that are brought upon uh, uh, because they are attacking us for whatever the reason may be. Uh, listen, 
but I want to tell you this morning, it's not important what the affliction or even why the affliction, but how we respond to the affliction. That's the important thing. Do we turn to the Word of God and, and find comfort in the Scriptures and find comfort from the Creator? Uh, meditation on God's Word, or meditation on God's promises always brings comfort and consolation. I don't think there's ever been a time when I was struggling or, or felt afflicted and I was in the Word of God that it didn't help. It's a supernatural book. Uh, sometimes I've just opened it. I don't even know where to start. You just start reading, and it's amazing how God can draw something out of there that's just what you needed at that moment, just the comfort that you needed. And so I better move along here. We're not going to get to this last thing. Uh, the Bible reader finds its pages filled with godly comfort. But it's not there unless you're reading it. It's not there unless you're meditating in it. You can't be comforted by the Word of God if it is not in your life. And so lastly, and this is where I wanted to spend more time than others, but I'm afraid we're going to get buzzed out of here, the testimony of comfort. Uh, listen, believers turn to each other for comfort and fellowship. Look at verse 79. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. We can find strength and comfort from each other. Um, Paul instructs us to get personally involved with each other. I don't know, if, it just doesn't seem as common as it used to maybe, I don't know. Um, I'm a pretty private person, I don't really like to uh, put all my business out there necessarily and it, it takes me a while to really become a friend of somebody, a true friend. But I want to remind you of some things in Romans chapter 12 this morning, verses 9 through 15. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Look what it says here. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Look what it says here. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them. That we, Paul is talking about an intimate fellowship where those that are rejoicing and those that are weeping and, and you're there uh, being hospitable and meeting the needs of one another. And, and I believe we have a church that does that. Solomon talks about the importance of fellowship as well. Ecclesiastes 4 Verses 9 and 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. We need to be an encouragement to one another. We ought to be comforting one another. Those experiences that you've had that I haven't, you can share those with me. We can comfort one another. I have experiences that you don't. Uh, and, and oftentimes it's when trials come and challenges in life come uh, that those things that we've experienced, we can really share with others to encourage them. If we are to comfort others, we must first be grounded in the principles of God's Word. 
I believe that's what the psalmist was saying here. He had experienced the comfort of God and living God's word and the hope of God's word. And consequently, he could be a help to other people. Uh, They could come to him. Uh, As God's words comforts us only, then can we console others? Right? It goes back to the verses in Corinthians that we opened up with. When God's comforted us and God's done a work in our heart to bring us through something, then we can turn around and do the same for other people. We can share our experience with them to be a comfort. Uh, Verse 80 says, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. Uh, The word sound here is speaking of integrity. Uh, I looked it up. It's often translated, the same uh, Hebrew word is often translated without blemish or upright. In some places, perfect it's translated. Uh, Listen, the psalmist here is asking that his heart remain true and pure in the word. Listen, this is a man that has found such great comfort in the scriptures. And he knows that he can be an encouragement to others because of his experiences and how God's used the scriptures and God's comforted him. And he says, let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. That ought to be every one of our prayers this this morning. Do you want a sound heart in the statutes of God, in the word of God? Boy, I would, I just, I think I've said this, I don't know how many times before, but it's an amazing thing when there's nothing between. When you know that you are walking uprightly without blemish, you have that sound heart uh, in the word of God and, and what a blessing. Listen this morning, do you need comfort? Are you going through something? You can find it in God, his word, and his people. Uh, God's there to comfort us. As the creator, who better can we turn to? Uh, but his word the revelation to us. Uh, What an invaluable thing that we oftentimes neglect. Uh, And then, of course, God's people can be a comfort. We can share our experiences one with another and what God's done in each other's life. And listen, I believe Paul instructs us to bear one another's burdens. (laughs) There's no argument here probably this morning. Uh, We ought to be bearing each other's burdens and encouraging each other. Uh, Listen, let's be faithful to comfort and console those around us who are going through trials. To lift them up, to help them, pray for them, strengthen them. Uh, Listen, we can only be prepared to do that when our own hearts are sound in His statutes. We've experienced God's goodness and we're sound in His statutes. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You, Lord, for the comfort it is to walk with You. Lord, we know there's so much distress and, and, Lord, challenges in this life. And I, Lord, thank You, Lord, for the ability to turn to your word for comfort. And I pray that each one of us would be comforted. And Lord, that we could help comfort one another as we go through this life. Lord, be with those even this morning that have challenges or struggles. Pray that you would strengthen them, encourage them. Help our church family to be a blessing to one another this morning. And we give you thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.